right, here we are, Mother's Day podcast. Oh, baby. This is crazy. Look at all these people here. This is awesome. I, I just want everybody to know, every single event we do, every event we do, my attitude is, eh, fuck it, it'll work out. Because I make it work out. No, I can't she, take all the credit. No, I can't so take then the, the whole like month leading up to this, Renee's been like, it's not going to happen, and who's going to buy we tickets? We got to do this, we got to do that, we got to do this, who's going to do this? Well, look what happened. It's awesome. Did everybody have a good time so far? Yeah. So. But thank you to all the people who just like jump in at full force and always buy tickets and are always willing to donate something and help support. I am so, so touched and blown away. We put this together in two weeks and it's because this amazing It's been more community. than two weeks. It's been no, more than two hasn't. weeks, yes. I mean, once so we started planning, but it, it thank is, you to everybody. It is a Mother's Day podcast. So all the mothers in here, please... We also have this microphone if you want to talk too. But um, I want to tell you, first of all, that you are an amazing mother. You are an over and above mother. And I did not think you were going to be that. <laughs> you thought I was going to be a selfish bitch, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did. No, but it was, it was interesting to me. When Renee and I first got together, when we first got together, yeah. you did not want kids. Steve had to give me an ultimatum. I think we'd been married like seven years, and he was like, listen, we're pulling the goalie in January and having babies, or we're not. And so that, that was that. But, but, yes, but I want to ask you, what was it inside of you that changed? Was it, was it something? Did you get a feeling? Why were you evil before, and now you're a sweet mama? Is that what you're thinking? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, honestly, like, I feel like, I feel like there was a real switch. I don't know. I, 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 I was surprised myself how much I enjoyed being a mother. Um, kids are life-changing, and it really sort of forces you to figure out what you want, not for yourself anymore, but for this beautiful little human being. I mean, that's a question for the audience, too. Uh, it, it, by, by round of applause, were there other women in here that thought, Maybe I don't be, want to be a mom, and now you feel amazing that you're a mom? Yeah? It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. You don't know what you're getting into. And you have four. You are a brave woman. I'm maxed out. But, but I don't know. It, it, for, I knew I wanted to be a dad. You did, from the very beginning. I knew I wanted to be a dad. I was excited about being a dad. And I had been kind of like, hey... Let's have kids. And you were like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I think as a mom, you know it's life-changing. There's almost like the woman you were before you had children and the woman you become after you have children. It is, it's such a drastic change once it happens. What's been the... Um, no alone time. Someone knocking, little hands knocking on the door in the bathroom. What, what has been the most beautiful thing about being Garrett and Delilah's mommy? Oh, gosh. It's the... The sweet joy of all the, the firsts, you know? Watching things through a child's eyes. I love holidays, but holidays are so much more magical with children and seeing their excitement. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a friend of mine, he goes, dude, I don't want to be a dad because I don't want to fucking go see Paw Patrol. And my answer to him was, you're not going to see Paw Patrol. You are going to see the look on your child's face. Yes, Right, absolutely. And I think that happens a lot. But I will say, now that we have two, uh-huh. holy shit. Like, oh, yeah. When we, when you should have seen me, you you seen me driving team. home with the first one. Like, I'm, like, going 40 miles an hour. I'm making sure the car seat's in. I'm like, y'all, just go around. Just go around. 
And then Delilah, I'm like, ah, fuck it, get in the back. Let's go. We got this shit. Well, and, and then we have, how many, how many moms in here have more than one kid? Okay, if you have two, keep your hand up. If you have three, keep your hand up. If you have four, keep your hand up. Look at this corner of Holy the shit. How about five? Here. Does anybody have five? You have five kids? Look back here in the back. I got five over here, five over here. How about six? You have six? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Is that, how many do you have, six? Six kids. Are any of them here tonight? And is that one the first, the oldest? She's your favorite. Is it? it yeah, yes. She said yes. <laughs> but people say all the time, they say, the first one is, is like, make, they trick you into thinking you could handle a second one. Yes. Is that right? That was ours. Oh, my God. Our, our, our first one, we were like, oh, fuck, we got this. Easy peasy. Steve was giving everybody parenting advice. You know. I'm like, oh. You just got to do this. You know, train it the way you train a dog. I didn't say that, but yes. Yeah, but, but yes. But then we had Delilah, and then Delilah has, oh, my God. <laughs> Delilah's swim teacher is here. Delilah has wrecked our world. <laughs> Coach Sparse, too, I think. And I do love it, and I talk about it in my stand-up. I love the fact that you and Delilah's energy is something about two women. I can't do the screaming. The screaming, it just, I, I can't do it after a while. Uh, is it just you or ladies, can you say that it's different with your daughters? Right? I, I, look, I'm loving every minute of it because... Delilah is doing to Renee at two and a half the shit that she would do to me. And I'm Renee's pissed. She's like, let's go, Delilah. And Delilah's like, I don't like these shoes. And Renee's like, just put those shoes on and let's go. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving until we change shoes. And then Renee changes shoes with her. And she's like, yeah, I don't like these either. And then Renee's like, I'm going to kill this little bitch. And I'm like... I'm like, that's how I feel when I'm sitting in the car waiting to go to a wedding or a dance or dinner because you're in the closet going, I, want, I don't like these shoes. What do you think of these shoes? And now Delilah is doing the same thing to her that she does to me, and I'm loving every minute of it. I know you are. But there's different, there's different energy for me, too. Oh, yeah, because you'll, you'll be like, Renee, you need to tell her this, and Renee, you need to do that, and then she comes to you, and it's like, oh, yeah, come, no, come. No, 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 no. Come and sleep in the bed. No, 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 and I think that all the men in here, not to bring the men in on the Mother's Day podcast, but all the men in here, I don't know about your relationship with your son, but I am the disciplinarian with my son. I am always the heavy, and he always runs to you for the hugs and for the mommy, Can and I don't get that. Him? So when I have my daughter, I'm like, I'm not being the heavy again. Fuck that. I'm going to spoil her. And then you deal with that bullshit. Is that how it is at your house, Steve? All girls? Oh, shit. That's what did you do? That's a lot of shoes. What did you do? Oh. <laughs> but how about, the, how about the guys with a guy and a girl? Do you, do you have the same situation where, yeah, Alec, you're harder on the son because you're the dad. And then the daughter, dude, Delilah comes to me, and the best part is she already knows how to play me, and she knows how to play Renee. So she'll ask Renee for a popsicle, 
And Renee's like, no, you can't have a popsicle. And then she's like, dad, that ugly lady said I can't have a popsicle. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck her. You can have all the popsicles. That, that's why the box is empty today, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I do. It is a different energy. Now, let me ask you this. And I, I don't, maybe I shouldn't bring it up because it's going to get crazy. But explain to me childbirth. Uh, no. Did you, did you hear that no. sound? No. I'm asking. Required. All no. of them are like, oh. I can't imagine. So I was eating pizza. So I was mentally. Before you were eating pizza, you were passed out in the couch. I was tired. I'm, uh, I did a show at Fry Height the night before. Pains. No, I didn't realize. I mean, I don't know. There's an easy if there's an easy way. Cause me, I got the epidural, but it only worked on half my. Oh, body. that was hilarious. And then I felt. Totally felt the other half. But I was talking to some women. I did not have a C-section. We were having a C-section conversation the other day about how brutal they are, and they slice you open, and all of your insides are out on the table. <laughs> like, even nur- even nurses who don't mind blood and guts are, like, said that was, like, one of the most terrible, awful things they've ever seen. Well, I wasn't asking for that. <laughs> no, I just wanted to know, because I think, ladies... I mean, we Madam, do it again, with so six, I don't know. With six. Right. All I'm saying, and I've said it before in my stand-up, if a hockey puck came out of my wiener hole, I'm not doing it again. All I'm saying is I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I, I love my hockey puck, <laughs> and I don't need another one because that shit hurt. <laughs> For the love of the game, baby. For the love of the game, I guess. It, uh, for the love of the game. For the love. And so this is, um, this is our beautiful swim teacher, and we love you so very much. I want to know, talking about Delilah, is Delilah one of the most strong-willed babies you've ever had to deal with? Yes. Coach Spar cried when Delilah stopped screaming during her lessons. And she, like, shows, she practices showing no emotion in the swimming pool. Yeah, you are very good about showing no emotion. But Delilah, Delilah, and now she's like, I love it. Oh, Delilah's got a lot of fight in her, and, and that's why we love her so very much. But, uh, again, talking about mothers, what is the hardest part about being a mother? Oh, gosh, 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 gosh. You know, I feel like mother, motherhood is such an emotional roller coaster. There are so many, like, beautiful moments, and then there are so many trying moments when you are just in the thick of it, and you're like, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. And there's a lot of guilt, too, I think, that just naturally comes with motherhood because there is no manual of what is right and and even with that even if there was a manual each child is so so different how you mother one child over another and you want to get it right you love this human and you don't always know what right is and you know what's really fucking hard is when you see in them your faults you want to talk about motherhood guilt you're like oh i had a conversation with the counselor yesterday and she's talking about my child being a rule follower and inserting themselves in situations that they don't necessarily belong instead of letting other people handle it and i said oh i have no idea where they could possibly get that from you know and And then they're like oh and he's also really funny and charming and i'm like oh i know where he gets that i know where he gets that 
And he don't give a fuck sometimes. Eh, it's but it, but it's, it is, it's hard to be a mom. But, uh, you know, look, and, and honestly, and I know we always make fun of each other, but yeah. I really do believe that because we are so different that we make a good team. I would agree with that. I hope our children are a little less like each of us and more like the two of us together. That's what I pray. Well, that's why I think our kids are smart because I have common sense. You have none. You have book smarts. I have none. So together, our, both of our unfortunateness stayed out. So it was fucking perfect. But I will say that there are moments, and this is one of the reasons that I, I love Renee so much as a mother, that you are so strong. And there are moments where you're handling the kids on your own or whatever, and you keep it together, and then all of a sudden one tear will come out the side. And I'm like, Help. I'm like, oh shit, it was bad, huh? And you're like, yeah, it was a bad weekend. <laughs> but Renee does, you know, I go on the road, and I don't know if there's other men in here that travel, but I admire her and love her so much, because when I go on the road, she handles those babies all by herself. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Well, you go you. on yes. the road, and it's, I know it's hard to leave those babies, too. Well, it is, it is hard to leave. And we had, a, we had a laugh because I had gone on the road for, gosh, probably four days or something. And we were having a stressful time because I had been on the road so long. And I'm sure Alex Whedon can, uh, can uh, enjoy this one. But I'm on the road for a long time, and I'm really missing my kids. And I call Renee. She answers very quickly, and she goes, I can't talk. Delilah just shit all over me. I think my words were, I have shit all over my arm. I'll call you back. And then I called her back, and I go, how much do I love my kids that I'd rather have shit on my arm than be in this hotel? You know, but I, there are times that I'd rather have shit on my I arm. I mean, I can smear some on you if you really want. We don't need to let people know our kinky shit at home, honey. But we are, we are so excited about this Mother's Day podcast, and we have some very, very special mothers to introduce you guys. And one of the things that we wanted to do, you know, my wife here is a wonderful mother and a beautiful mother, but we also wanted to give other perspectives to motherhood tonight. So I would like to invite Miss Carrie from uh, New Braunfels Angels to come on up here. Come on up here, Miss Carrie. Give Carrie a big round of applause from New Braunfels Angels. So she's going to give us a little uh, insight to our first mother that's going to come up here. Yes. Oh, is it on? Hello. Yeah, okay. you guys scooted real close. Really close. Okay. Yes. So my name is Carrie Fitzpatrick, and I'm with New Braunfels Angels. Closer. Woo, uh -huh. we're getting really close. Okay. Um, and we are a nonprofit here in town that supports families that are fostering and teens that are aging out of the foster care system. So we started in 2018 um, with a mission to radically change the trajectory of lives for these kids in care. Um, there's a lot of harrowing statistics around kids in foster care, and I'm going to tell you a few of them real quick. But when I tell you these statistics, I don't want you to think that these things are happening in Austin or San Antonio or some ominous place. They are happening right here in our own town. And I know that we all live here locally and we think like that stuff doesn't happen here. It does, and there's kids locally here that need our support. So a foster kid will be placed in a foster home, and statistically about 50% of homes will close in a year. So that kid that has now been removed from their home, has been placed in a new home, learned new rules, go to a newer school, and now has to move again when that foster 
home closes. And every time a foster youth moves, which on average is seven times in two years, wow. they get behind six months in school. So this kid's moving time after time. How far are they getting behind in their education? So only about 50% of foster kids graduate from high school. Only about 7% go to college. And in the state of Texas, every foster kid is given a free ride to college in Texas. So there's benefits for them. And only about 2% graduate college. And despite the education things, things like homelessness, underemployment, drug use, teen poverty, sex trafficking, they all have a direct pipeline to foster care. So if any of those things bother you, all of those things have a direct correlation to foster care. So I think that was the craziest thing that, that I learned from speaking with you, Carrie, is that um, I think you said something like, is this correct? 70% of sex trafficked victims yeah. are foster kids. Yeah, so about 60% of kids that are found in the sex trafficking have come from foster care. And it was really opening to think about, we talk about homelessness and you know the vets that are a huge percentage of our homeless population, but a, another huge percentage of our homeless population is foster, foster kids, kids yeah. who have aged right. out of the system. How many, how many foster children do we have in New Braunfels at the moment that so you know of? About 400. Um, in New Braunfels, and then you go outside to Guadalupe County, Comal County, Bear County. We have over 4,000 kids in our in our area that are in need of good foster homes. So we know that everybody can't foster. That's a lot, right? Everybody's not called to foster. Everybody's not called to adopt. But you can volunteer. You can donate, which you guys have done amazing tonight for us to help support these families. So we have about 53 kids on our waiting list right now that want our services so that we can help support these foster families and the kids. And we have um, one of our foster moms here, Samantha, with us tonight. And she's going to tell you a little bit about what it's like to be a foster mom and all the you know, different things that it takes, but also how there's people like you that have come along and said, like, we can do this. We're going to help you change the stats. These kids do not want to end up a statistic, and we don't want them to end up one either. So Beautiful. Let's that. make a difference. Bring her on up. Right, Samantha. Samantha, ladies and gentlemen. I know, the microphones aren't great. Again, that's the one thing that we do need to fix, honey. Samantha, what a beautiful woman you are. Give her a round of applause, please. Yep. We just, we really wanted this episode to be all about motherhood and celebrating motherhood. And there are, you don't have to have physically carried a child. There are so many other ways to mother. And you've had both experiences. You do have a biological child and also have fostered and then gone on to adopt. So I just think you're a perfect example to sort of share with us what that experience is like. Well, and, you know, I, I grew up with, with a stepmom as well. And I think stepmoms are moms too. And if there's any stepmoms in here, congratulations. Thank you for being a stepmom. Give those stepmoms a round of applause, please. My mom's over there. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> don't laugh that hard. Give me a break. <laughs> um, so when did, when and how did this journey start for you? Um, I, me, we, my husband and I, we started fostering um, three years ago. We moved to Texas four years ago and I was working from home and we finally decided after years I went to school to be a social worker to start with and decided I needed to be a mom first 
Um, so we moved here and decided we can foster now because I'm home full time. Um, and we did. So three years ago, we got our first placement. How old was that? Was it a he or she? She. Uh, she was two days old. We picked her up. From oh the, my gosh! Two days old. From the hospital. And is she still in your home? We just finished her adoption in November. She's three now. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, now I have to ask you this because I'm a husband. Was there a lot of conversation between you and your husband about we're going to do this? How did your husband feel about it? Was there some convincing? Um, we, <laughs> there was. There was a lot of prayer because with my heart for social work from the beginning, convincing him that it was something that he could do, if I just said, we're just going to do this, it wouldn't have worked because we both had to be on the same page. Um, so there was a lot of prayer, and it took a good six years of prayer and then a full year of living here in New Braunfels before he saw the real need and stepped in with us. What do you think the reservations were and what do you think changed his mind? Um, I think that you can get scared to foster because you hear horror stories more than you tend to hear all the good that comes from it and see your see what it does to your family, to your biological kids, to the kids in care that you bring into your home and the horror stories just like it's a really bad analogy but just like yelp reviews you hear the negative more than you hear the positive um there are so many more positive stories than there are negative in foster care once you're in it um so three three years of trying to adopt what's the process um we didn't actually try to adopt we I guess that's not true. We, we did um, initially go into foster care with a heart for adoption. I'm the daughter of an adopted mom and uncle. Um, so adoption's in kind of our family blood. We've, my aunt, grandma's fostered. Um, it's just kind of where we come from, where I come from. Um, but we actually have a heart for helping our kids' biological families. Um, so we, with Sophia, our now three-year-old, we worked. In the, hopes that in the hopes she would that be able she would to go back to go home. home. Yeah. You, you just keep amazing me. You are wonderful. So, so, so then what happened? Um, in the long run, more often than not, kids' parents don't always work all their services. They don't always get it together. And it's really hard because they're trying to break generational curses, right? They're, they're trying to break habits that they were taught, that their parents were taught. Um, so in the end, she came up for adoption, and she's been in our home her entire life. So and, we're not going to say no. <laughs> of course, right? And, and then on on this journey, how much time did the the biological parents get to spend with her? Um, she never so she, left our home. Oh, so she doesn't know her biological parents. She just had parents. some some visits. Um, we have other kids that we've had in our home that got to reunify. Their mom did everything, and our twins went home, and it was amazing to get to watch and be a part of. And still home, still happy. Still home, still safe after almost two years now. Wow. Uh, that deserves a round of applause. I mean, you're, you know, I thought I'd bring you up here, and you could tell your story, and now I just feel like a shittier human being. Thank you. You're, you're, <laughs> That's not the point. You're, you're, you're absolutely amazing. Now, you do have biological kids. How many? Uh, we have one biological daughter. She's 10. She's 10. How does she feel about the whole thing? Or does she even know? 
she has been the one of the biggest parts in us fostering. We couldn't have done and continue to do what we do because we still do respite care for foster families. Um, Can you explain what respite care is for those of us who don't know? Uh, when you become a foster family, you have all these extra rules in place. Um, so I can't just say, hey, Carrie, you want to babysit my kids? <laughs> now she can because they're adopted. Um, but we have, there's rules. You have to have a babysitter certified approved person through your agency to watch them for under 12 hours. If they're going to be watched for more than 12 hours, they have to be respite certified. And that's an entire extra layer of training and classes and trauma-informed care. Um, and that's really hard to come by. So foster parents usually end up relying on each other to watch their kids. And we're already got a lot of kids in our home and they've got a lot of trauma. Um, so, so let's stop right there. How many kids in your home? Currently, we have our three. Um, the max we've ever had is four. And then because of the way babysitting and respite works any so given week. Three in addition to the two? Uh, we have three? Three total. Three total. We have three girls. Okay. Three girls. <laughs> three girls. Two from foster care adopted our biological. So you adopted daughter. another one? We did. She's five. My God. <laughs> what? I mean. Stop. You're amazing. What are you going to do when they're in your home already and say no? <laughs> no, she's you my daughter. Are, you are beautiful, absolutely. So then the second one, how did that go? How old was, was she? She was three and a half, and then we adopted her the day after her fifth birthday. Wow. Wow. And then, so, and then tell me more about your biological daughter and how she's been a big help. Oh, she, she's the best big sister. She was an only child for seven years, so watching her adjust to having a new baby sister who may or may not stay forever, and then twin two-year-old boys who were awesome, but twin two-year-old boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, she just stepped up and stepped in. She keeps doing it. We just did respite for a five-month-old, and she was like, Mom, can I hold him? Can I help? What can I do? And that's, we're three years in now, and she's just turned into the best big sister, the best helper. Um, she'll tell anybody that they should be a foster home, and I'm like, well, you should. You should keep doing that, kid. <laughs> what, what have been the biggest challenges? Um, kids that come into your care, because of what they've experienced, they have a heightened level of trauma. Um, and a lot of them have significant delays. Um, so you've got therapy services that they have to be in. You have visitation. You're, just, you're kind of stretched with how much extra is put on your plate on top of just being a parent to them. Um, so at one point, I think we had between our three kids, almost ten therapies a week. Wow! And, and who, who provides the therapies? You you guys pay for that, or every kid in the foster care system in Texas has Medicaid, um, so they have all of everything paid for, all their dental, all their doctors, all their therapies. It's just finding the ones that take it, and then managing and getting all that care for them. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I got to be honest. I don't know how you do it, and it is amazing that you do. So, if there's somebody out there, and maybe somebody in this room, that is thinking about fostering, what advice would you give those people? Um, do it, because <laughs> we need you to. Um, but find your community. Get your family involved. Get your friends involved. Get them to say yes to being babysitters for you, because without that. It's really hard. Um, build community with other foster parents because it's, it's a lonely world because people that have kids and they're not 
from foster care, even if they're just adopted private adoption, it just adds a different element, a different layer. So you want to make sure that you've got people that you can talk to that understand what's happening. You know, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that the process can sometimes be a little overwhelming or there's a lot of red tape to cut through. Can you talk a little bit about some of the shortcuts, things that they can do, or some of the things that you'd like to see change within the state for foster homes? As far as being, being like able getting to licensed or like the process once you just are? Just all of it, getting licensed and the process. Um, the licensing process is actually really easy. It's not a hard process to get licensed to be a foster parent. It's just going to take time on your part. So we did it in about a month. Some people it takes six months. So it just depends on how fast you want to get your paperwork done. Um, it's a lot of online training, like trauma-informed care, um, medical trainings online. DFPS has a lot of stuff online. Um, and then it's once you are fostering, that's where it gets a little bit convoluted because every single case is different. There's not going to be cut and dry. Um, there's like a timeline that they'll hand you in the training, and they're like, it's going to be six months, and you're going to have this, and then it's going to be 12 months, and then you're sitting there, and you're like, no, that's not how it's going to work. Um, I don't know that I can speak to what needs to change because I just know how to live in what is. What if there's some of us who we know are not called to be a foster parent, but it is something that um, is important to us and we feel called to help in our heart? How can we do that? Um, the event here for New Braunfels Angels, we were part of their Love Box program. Um, so they have families or groups of friends, girlfriends that get together and they say, we want to be part of this Love Box program. And then for a year, you wrap around one foster family. So we were the recipients of the Lowbox program last year, which um, we had an amazing family, and they took us to their ranch, and our kids got to drive on their um, ATVs. ATVs, their go-karts. Um, they well, Sometimes families will do gift cards or actual boxes of diapers. Um, another thing that the angels do really, really well is um, gather diapers and wipes and stuff for families that are on their wait list that don't have a love box family wrapping around them. Um, people that take in three kids under two years old and they're like, Ugh, this is a lot of diapers. <laughs> and they do a really good job of, of yeah. doing that. Have you, have you fostered um, teenagers or kids that are older? We, the oldest we've had was our three and a half year old when she yeah. came into our home just because of the makeup in our home and the rooms that we have because there's rules around that. Um, so I think our next goal will be older, really? older kids. Well, you are such a treat to have and you're a beautiful woman and I'm glad that the New Braunfels Angels found you and you found them because wow, what a wonderful story. And I think I speak for everybody here. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Day. happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and I wasn't, I wasn't going to do this, but, you know, since she had somebody introduce her, yes. I think Sonny Salcedo, three-time Grammy Award-winning accordion player, should come up here to introduce his beautiful wife. Come on up here, Sonny. Give Sonny a round of applause, please. You might have seen him in the movie Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sonny, tell us about your beautiful wife, and then tell us... Stu's totally putting well, you on the spot, isn't he? He I does that all the time. And by he's, the way, she's really, she's really lucky, number and, one. 
And people don't realize that Sonny Salcedo also resides right here in New Braunfels, Texas. We have so much talent here. Give Sonny a round of applause, please. Vicky's so nervous. Now, what do you want to know? What do you want to know? I want you to tell us about her. and uh, Vicky? Yep. And why we chose her. Oh, well, Vicky, let me tell you. Vicky is the athlete in the family. Um, I know I look like the athlete in the family. What? What? I don't. But you look like a bowling but, ball. Well, that's that's a, that's that's, that's a, a sport. sport. That's a sport. No, no. Uh, Vicky is actually a really sweet person. Uh, when I first met her, she was really, really quiet, and uh, she's still really quiet, but not as quiet. Uh, as we've aged, we both uh, have become more vocal, right? Uh, but does that mean you yell and fight a lot? Is that like my house? Is that what you mean? Well, well. <laughs> Oh, maybe so, maybe a little bit, a little bit. But, you know, she's, been, she's always been the type of person that doesn't ask for help. She always does everything by herself, and just she's selfless. Uh, she just, she is nonstop. I, I don't know how she does it. I, I, I tap out. I'm like, I'm done. And she's like, no, no, I got to get this done. And, I, and so she's just, she puts everything into it, and she just, she's like a super mom. She but wouldn't you say that, I, I, I honestly feel that mm-hmm. God, God gave moms another gear. I think so, yes. You know, I always say yeah. that we all get sick in the house, except for her, and then she takes care of us, and as soon as we're feeling great, she gets sick, <laughs> and then we're like, later, mom, yeah, thanks. Later, yeah. No, she definitely, she doesn't have, to have she has another gear, and it's, I don't know how she does it, I... I get overwhelmed with just trying to sort the clothes. I'm just like, what? How do you do that? But she, she's always been uh, somebody who's giving, gives herself, gives herself, and gives everything to the family, everything to the kids, always taking care of me. Uh, I dressed myself today because I did a 50s thing. I don't ever dress this way, so she would have never, she would have not approved of this shirt. <laughs> but it's just okay. when you thought black was slimming, you know? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but she, she, she just does everything. I, Tell I, me about your kids. My kids, uh, Jaron is uh, 12, no he's, be, no, he's 13, he's gonna be 14 this year. Uh, he's, our, our, he's our angel, he's our oldest child and he has special needs and uh, he's, he's just full of life and always happy, super happy all the time. Uh, Jalen, my daughter, is the mama bear number two. That's Vicky's mini. And if you see her, you, you would be like, wow. You're, you're watching, you're looking at Vicky as, you know, when she was 12 years old. And that little girl is a pistol, I'm telling you. She's a type A personality. And when she wants something, she's going to get it. I know she's people gonna, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, my little mini, Jarek, uh, he is the, uh, the smart one. He's the really smart intellectual kid. You know your kids are going to see this shit, yes, right? He's, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. He's, He's really smart. He's, <laughs> he's the smart one. The other ones are dumb as shit. But my <laughs> no. Well, we do joke around. My daughter, some, she says some stuff, and we're like, oh, you're pretty. <laughs> oh, you're pretty. That's what I tell Renee. <laughs> uh, you're so pretty. Uh, so he's the one that he wants to be an engineer, and he likes animatronics and robotics and all that good stuff. So it's fun. It keeps us busy. Well, introduce your wife, please. All right. Without further ado, my beautiful wife, Vicky Salceda. So one of the reasons that we picked Vicky is because not only is she an overachieving mom, uh, she's also married to a gremlin like Renee is. <laughs> and, uh, 
People go, how talented are you guys? I'm like, well, look at our wives. Um, but my wife and I, Vicky, sometimes we feel overwhelmed. Sometimes we look at our kids and we just go, I don't know if I can continue. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And then we see a mom with a special needs kid. And it really makes me and Renee take a step back and really kind of recharge us into we're blessed with not special needs kids and we don't have to constantly take care of them. And then we see mothers like yourself who are extra. And do it with such grace. You do it with such grace. Like an inspiring amount of grace. So we want to talk about not only you know raising three kids but one of them being special needs and that was your first kid yes that is jaron and um i say special abilities because he's able to do anything else every other kid is doing just a little more limited so um yeah at four months i I just went back to the to work because i was working and uh, i got a call from my parents because they were helping us take care of him, saying that um, something had happened with Jaron and they were going to the emergency room. Um, of course, I had no clue. I just got up my stuff and took off to the emergency room. We're at the Santa Rosa downtown in San Antonio. And we had all these doctors looking at him and it turns out that he had a seizure. So um, at four months, he was diagnosed with infantile spasms Um, It's a form of epilepsy. I know a lot of people think when you see epilepsy, it's what you see on TV, the grandma seizures where they're shaking and convulsing. But with him, it wasn't that. He would just stiffen his his limbs and kind of look to the side. It was nothing what we had seen, nothing that we had, you know, gone through before. So, of course, we were nervous, scared, but we went through a lot those first couple of years. Um, different doctors trying to find the best neurologist to get answers how did it happen why did it happen of course everything that you go through as a parent like as a mom you want to yeah. fix it if there's anything you could possibly do to fix it yes you, you want to find whatever that is exactly. what is the answer how do we get this going how do we fix him but there wasn't nothing to fix he was okay it was just what we found out is his brain did not form as everybody else's there was um, a portion on the backside of his, um, his brain that just did not form like everybody else's. So that caused the seizures to progress. And um, they tried with surgery to resect part of that to see if that would help when he was a year and a half. That was the hardest time that I've ever had in his 13 years, giving my baby to a doctor to open up his brain, to remove part of it, um, it's unimaginable. It's hard. It's not something that any parent wants to go through. But we trusted what they were telling us. We trusted what they were doing. And he came back out of the surgery with a little white cap on his head. I remember that. A little white cap, still dazed. But within a few hours, he was sitting up with the biggest smile on his face. And that is how he's been through everything that he's gone through. He has a smile that just lights up the room. And he loves to give kisses. And it's contagious. So when I have a hard day, when the kids have a hard day, Sonny has a hard day, we think, we're like, 
what's so hard about it? Every day is okay for us because Jaren wakes up every morning. He has seizures when we don't see them. He goes through that at night. He goes through it in his sleep. We don't see that, but he wakes up with a smile. He wakes up happy, and he's ready to go for the day. He says, we, t- we tell him, ready to go bye-bye? Yeah, he's ready, just ready to do whatever we want to do. But it, it's been a struggle, um, but I've had the blessing of some great parents that have helped us out through it all. That is um, a challenge, just like, um, you know, every parent, you're, you're looking for somebody to take care of your child when you're unable to. And with a special needs child, you don't find that in just any location. You don't find that with any caregiver. So it's a process. It, you know, it, it takes a lot of people. And my family has been the village that has supported us tremendously with Jaren. So. Was there some fear having the second child? There was. There was. We um, did all kinds of tests. Uh, they ran everything they could to see if it was genetic. And everything that they did came back normal. Every test they did came back normal. And they said, you know, it's not, it's not genetic. So if you do have another child, there is a possibility. But it doesn't look like it. Oh. You know, it'll happen. And but you, you think about it. Like, oh, I, I would imagine if? the first six months with that baby home what was that like it was rough it was rough to see him go through it me as a mom i wanted to protect him so if we were out in public and he went into a seizure i kind of like guarded him with my life like you know because people tend to not understand and they look at you a certain way they look at the baby a certain way like something's wrong so you kind of feel that you feel those looks. You feel that energy. Yeah. And you don't want your child to feel that energy. Exactly. And you don't want that. And even now, the little kids, they don't understand. So they look at him and they're like, uh, what's going on? Why is he in a wheelchair? Why is he wearing a helmet? Why does he have his AFOs? But it, it's, it's, it's tough when you have to think about that. And, of course, Mama Bear and you is like, he's fine. Everything's okay. He'll be okay. But I'm saying with, with the second one, were there moments of, I have to really watch this baby because what if... What if it happens again? Happens again. Was I, and I guess al- along with that is there, I can imagine the first couple of months with the pregnancy being scary and then you get genetic results and there's a little bit of a sigh of relief. Yeah. And then you have the baby. Is, was there a moment when you were like, okay, we're in the clear, I can breathe easy? Well, see, when we had Jaren in the hospital, I was pregnant. And... Um, there wasn't really time to think about that. Although you had that thought. You're so you're busy still, taking care of your first yeah, child. You're, you're in the moment with him and making sure he's okay. And then, the, then Jalen comes along and then you're like, okay, we have the baby and we have Jaren and we're trying to you know, juggle the two and watch. How many years apart are they? They're a year and a half. Oh my goodness, so a year and a half apart? Yes. Wow. They're a year and a half, so yeah, we, we had to really watch. We did all the testing again. Uh, Jalen went through a couple of tests to make sure she was okay, and they found that she was fine. She was, you know, okay. So it took us a while um, just to kind of feel that ease, but eventually it did. Wow. And how do, how do, the, how do, how do Jared's siblings feel now? They're very protective, 
very protective. Like Sunny said, Jalen is mama bear. She's like, why are they looking at my brother like that? What's, especially when she was smaller, she didn't understand. She's like, they don't need to look at him like that. He's okay. Why are they doing that? And we, we would tell her, it's, you know, it, there's just some things that people don't understand because they don't know what you're going through, but it's okay. And uh, now she, she takes care of him like she's mama. She'll, she'll tell him, nope, you can't do this. And she treats him just like she would Jarek, which is the baby. And they're great together. Wow. Yeah. So for that new mom that now has a special needs baby, what advice do you have for them? I would say everything's going to be okay. It's a challenge for sure. It's tough. Um, but don't feel that it's your fault. I had that. I felt, what did I do wrong? How did I, how did this happen? Did I do something during my pregnancy? Did I do something when, you know, he was a baby? You have that mom guilt because you can't really help the situation. Um, do not feel the guilt. Love on him or her just as you would any other child and know that it's going to be okay. It's, it's tough, but it's going to be okay. Yep. Oh, Vicky, you are another example of a beautiful mother. Thank you Thank so much, you. Vicky. Give Vicky a round of applause, please. Thank you, Vicky. Dude, I, I wanted to do the podcast like this, but now I'm all fucked up. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, people came, they're like, Stephen Renee are funny, and then we do this shit. And I'm like, God, bless. how do We're you even follow money that? We're for a good cause. We are, baby. so... The mothers that you've seen up here, including my wife, give them a round of applause, please, because what a beautiful thing. And you yep. mothers in the audience for coming out here on a Tuesday night so we can raise some money. And all the beautiful mamas here today. Uh, so we do have to wrap it up. But, yes. be but before we do, we would like to open it up to the audience. You can ask any question you want. However, I prefer that it be uh, mom-centric since we are celebrating mothers. So anybody that has a question... Um, Joe, if you can move this microphone over, over to the front and you can come up and ask a question. Do we have anybody? Where did Joe go? Uh, oh, uh, Timmy Timmy's will do coming. it. There's Timmy right there. I'm, I'm very proud of Timmy. He's a grandpa. Give Timmy a round of applause. He just became a grandpa. All right. So anybody that would like to come up and ask a question, we'd love to have you. Please, please, please come up and ask a question. Anybody has a question? No question. They're afraid you're going to roast them. Probably. Dude, you know what Garrett told me today? I go, I go, hey, buddy. I go, I know you roast at school. I go, why don't you roast me? And he goes, I can't roast trash, Dad. I was like, holy crap. That's that one hurt a little. Roast. That was good. Yeah. That's a good roast. Uh, anybody, you don't have to come to the microphone. If you want to just raise your hand, if that helps. Raise your hand. Any questions for me or Renee? Anybody? No. I guess we're getting this auction started. Let's, let's do any, any Any opinions? on motherhood that you'd like to share? Anybody? Oh, and then, as we were walking around, there was another foster mom here. I'd like to, I'd like to recognize this yes. other foster. Please stand up, young lady. We have another foster mom in the audience. They have what is called a teen home. So they only foster teens. They currently have three teens in their home. And someone, Carrie, just told me that you guys are getting three more. Come on over here, girlfriend. There we go. Give her a round of applause. Make her feel comfortable. 
Oh, I don't know if it's on. Where did uh, our, our sound tech left? Steve, oh. Steve again. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Steve's been so helpful. Thank you, sir. We'll get you going. And by the way, the wait staff, the bartenders, the cooks, give them a round of applause. Thank too, you, please. Los Fantanas. Yeah. Yes, I like to thank Israel from Los Fantanas. Try it now. Nope. Or come to this oh, microphone. Come, come sit with us. Come join us. Let her hear it. Come on, come on. Let's make her comfortable. Is that close enough? Okay. Yeah, you gotta get real close. Nice and loud. Hi, <laughs> Hi my name's Chelsea. Um, that's my husband, Aaron, over here. Oh, uh, now it's on, yeah. <laughs> so we started fostering, all, we've been licensed almost two years now. Um, we exclusively take teenagers. Um, my youngest son is 13. He'll be adopted on Friday, actually. Um, he's been with us for two years. <laughs> um, he's our only foster placement currently. So we have um, two kiddos who were adopted uh, December of 2021. Uh, my oldest is 19. She's a freshman at Texas State. Um, so we're really excited for her um, to be able to take advantage of all those resources. And you told me you are 25 years I'm old. I'm 25. My husband's 30. Um, it gives us wow. a really unique uh, perspective. So sometimes the kids have a little bit easier of a time kind of talking with us because we're not. Speak the um, lingo. Yeah. <laughs> My 13-year-old does teach me a lot of slang. So at this point that I thought I would still know naturally. <laughs> I thought that at 25, I would be really with it, and uh, he'll come home and just spit these words out that I'm like, I don't know what you're anything saying. you're saying anymore. Um, yeah, so he'll come home. He's like, I got a new word for you. You want to hear it? And I'm like, do I want to hear it? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, we there's a couple different types of ways kids get into your home. If you take emergency placements, you may get calls in the middle of the night like, hey, I can be there in two hours with the kiddo. Do you have an opening? Do you want them? Um, which is we've done a couple times. Uh, sometimes we've done matched adoption. So our um, two older teens, they came to us. We knew they were ready to be adopted. They knew we were ready to adopt. We met them a few times and we adopted them within a few months. Wow. Um, we adopted her ten days, like a week before her 18th birthday. We squeezed it in just under the wire before she aged out. Um, they actually waived the six-month waiting period for us. The kid has to live with you for six months. They waived it to three months so that we could get her in before she aged out. Wow. Um, so we're currently looking at, uh, we submitted our home study for another match adoption placement for three more teenagers that are 13, 14, and 16. Well, you are amazing. Give her a round of applause. Congratulations. We're, we're so excited that you ended up here tonight. That was a special treat. We hope you guys had a good time. I hope that gave you guys a little bit of time to ask a question. Any questions? Anybody? Nobody? If anybody would like to know, yes, it was fun turning my wife into a mom. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. I know you always laugh at my jokes. <laughs> yes. Oh, not for me? Quiet on the set. It's for Miss Renee. Nice yes. and loud. We can't hear you. Yes, it's little and I don't mind. Do you have a favorite? A favorite position or a favorite child? <laughs> we got up. We, 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 we recently, we, this makes me think of this. We recently got a uh, sleep number bed. And then Renee calls me, Renee calls me, she goes, they're telling me we have to <laughs> name the bed. <laughs> When you do, there's an app, and you have to name your bed. I go, name it, not tonight. (laughs) 
I think that's what I actually named it. So I just fuck her during the day now. I don't think they heard that. Um, but you never got your answer. Yes, do you have a favorite? I don't have a favorite. Deli they're like, they're so different and unique. Delilah's definitely more challenging. Um, but I don't have a favorite. I, not, I, not yet anyway. I, I have favorites in different things, but the same. Does that make sense? No. Yes. What does that mean? No, like, like with the, the, I love them. I love them the same, but different. But I love when Delilah, like, Delilah will come up to me and she'll go, uh, let's play body slam. Yeah. You know, and we, she says, let's play body slam because, you know, I wrestle with her on the bed and it's different with her. Like, she wants to pretend to be asleep and then we have to make a fort and then she puts me to sleep and then she puts makeup on me and... So that's my favorite thing about her. Garrett doesn't put makeup on me. No, but he does want to cuddle with me. He does cuddle he's with a, you he's more. He's my cuddle bug. Yeah. Yeah. And he just beats the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. He tries to get you in a headlock. Yeah, he likes to get me in a headlock. But uh, any other questions before we move on to the auction? I truly, truly hope that you guys had a good night. I truly hope that you guys enjoyed yourself tonight, especially the mothers. Especially the mothers. Yep. Uh, we do have to do our sponsors because somebody's got to pay for this shit. Yes, we are so, so grateful for our sponsors. You guys, we have sponsors that pay us to do this so that we can continue to do it every week, and we're so grateful for them. Yes, Aztec Chevrolet. Uh, if you're trying to buy a Chevrolet or a Ford, um, give them a chance, please. We love them very, very much. Uh, if you haven't downloaded Pick Cherries to listen to our podcast, please do. Pick Cherries. It is an app. You can listen to podcasts very, very simply ad-free. And so, you can share them. You can yep. cut a little clip from any podcast, ours or any other podcast on their platform that you like to listen to and share it with your friends. And those of you that know me, I support veterans and we have a veteran-owned coffee company called Old Salt Coffee. If you're drinking coffee, please support them. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I would also like to thank Los Fontanas for opening their doors for us and uh, making sure that we could be here. Give them a round of applause, please. Thank you, yep. Israel, for having us tonight. I would also like to thank Jake, uh, my partner at Helicopters for Heroes, who always, always, always shows up and always helps. Give Jake a big round of thank applause, you, please. Yep. I also want to thank all of our staff that makes things happen. Miss Lori, Miss Rebecca, um, Joe, uh, Kyle's here, Timmy's here, all of our staff that always makes things happen. Miss Rebecca, all the people that work with us, not for us, but with us. We love you very much. Thank you so, so very much. Give our staff a big round of applause, please. Yep. I forgot to give Mike. And of course, Mike, uh, if you're thinking about switching to Geico, he is the caveman. <laughs> that wraps up the podcast portion. I would like to have some fun with you guys now and do a little auction, do a little roasting, and make some more money. Are you guys in? Yay. Yes. Yes.